You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? Nick Filato of Big Blue View here and joined by the one, the only, the great Chris Flum, also of Big Blue View. And this is Filato on Football. We're here to discuss today, March 8th, 2022, the epic trade that just went down between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos and how that could impact the New York Giants. So first, Chris, let's start with how are you doing, bro? Uh, I'm doing well, except for, you know, the craziness. <laughs> Absolute and utter craziness, to be real. So I was just sitting here monitoring Twitter and I just saw like breaking, 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 breaking. And I was like, oh, geez, what happened? Russell Wilson. Mr. 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 Unlimited traded to the Denver Broncos. And it makes a lot of sense for both teams. It seemed like Russell Wilson was a little bit, I guess you could say agitated, but he's not really the type of personality to outwardly show that. I think it's run its course up there in Seattle. It was time for him to move on. And now he goes to an offensive-minded coach in Nathaniel Hackett down there in Denver, leaves a 70-year-old defensive coach in Pete Carroll. And the trade looks like this. The Broncos received Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. And the Seahawks received two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder, Drew Locke, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, who is a locker room type of leader. And then Noah Fant, who was drafted in 2019 in the first round. He's a big bodied athletic tight end. That's not really a blocker. Chris, what was your first impression of this epic trade? Other than wow. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think this trade makes sense for everyone involved. Russell Wilson, he gets to, like you say, go to an offensive-minded head coach, an offensive-minded uh, organization. Yeah, he's getting some fantastic weapons in Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and those running backs they've got there. And you know, I, I would have said Noah Fant, but he's going back. He's going to Seattle now, and you know, he, he's going to the. Uh, a head coach who, or sorry, an offensive coordinator from the green Bay uh, family tree over there. So they're going to be throwing the ball. And, you know, last year we saw, well, 2020, we saw how good Russell Wilson was when they let Russ cook, when they let him actually carry the offense and throw to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, you know, really push the ball downfield and attack defenses but that just isn't the kind of offense that Pete Carroll wants to run. He wants to run a smash mouth, run first, run second, run some more offense, and then turn it over to the defense and let the defense close it out. So the, he's Pete Carroll, he's going to get Drew Locke, which you know I don't know if that is better or worse than the available quarterbacks at the ninth overall pick, but you know, he is a guy people were high on not too long ago. And then the Seahawks, they're looking at a division where the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. The Cardinals have Kyler Murray and you know, J.J. Watt and Nuke Hopkins, and they have just a, a team that is on the on the come up. 
And then, you know, the 49ers, they're getting ready to turn the, turn the keys to that race car over to Trey Lance with Debo Samuel and Shanahan and all everything they can do there. So the, the Seahawks were in a position where they needed to regroup. And I think they recognized it's time for a rebuild. How quickly, Chris, does that happen? Because it wasn't long ago where they traded multiple first-round picks for a safety that isn't necessarily a huge coverage type of safety. And I think that's selling him short a little bit, but he's not – what I mean by that is he's not a single high type of safety with that elite type of Earl Thomas range. He doesn't have that type of profile. So they were all in just two years ago, you know, and now they're selling – Russell Wilson and in getting a lot of picks back. And we were talking about this pre podcast. I don't think this is necessarily a situation where one team got fleeced because you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What is that worth? What tangibly is that worth? It's hard to kind of put a, a amount of draft picks on that. And there's a big argument right now that yes, draft picks are very valuable, but you don't want to overvalue them sometimes. And I think Les Snead said something along those lines. It's like, I care about draft picks. Les Snead is the general manager of the Super Bowl champion Rams, who hasn't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016. It's like, I care about first-round draft picks, or I value, he said, but I don't overvalue. And I think that's a, a good message there. There are different ways you can construct and build a roster to, to have a Super Bowl-winning team. The Rams are a great indication of that, but the Seattle Seahawks, They were in this unique position where they could trade this elite type of quarterback and get a haul back. And I think they did a good job getting five picks back and then three players that can have an impact. Not huge players, but still uh, solid additions to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, you you talk about the the last two Super Bowl winners. They got a a franchise quarterback and that basically completed the puzzle. But yeah. Picks are very, very valuable. You know, we talk about how you, you try to build through the draft, and there's a good reason for that because you are getting young guys. You can keep them on relatively cheap contracts for four or five years. You can develop them, and then you can kind of fill in around them. But there are so many different ways to build a team, like you said. We've seen the uh, – we have seen the <laughs> New England Patriots go out and trade late-round picks for veterans like uh, Michael Bennett and have them kind of help complete the puzzle. So there are so many different ways to do it. And to kind of spin that over to the giants, you know, the team we spend most of our time talking about, yeah, you do have to balance what your veterans can give you on the field versus what your veterans can give you. Yeah. In the off season, basically as trade chips, you know, because everybody does kind of have a monetary value and a play value and, you know, whichever one is more, and that's a cold way to think about it. But you know, this time of year, you kind of have to get cold like that. You can't afford sentiment this time of year if you're a league executive. So for the Giants, they have to look at, you know, what is the value of James Bradbury? You know, what can he get us in return versus what is he? What are we paying him versus what does he give us on the field? And same question about uh, Saquon Barkley or Logan Ryan or yeah, any of these other guys. And you know, I've brought Daniel Jones' name up as a potential trade chip a few times, and I have to wonder if what the Broncos have, what they gave up to get Russell Wilson, isn't also a bit of a comment on just how the league feels about this quarterback class. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I think it's a big comment on how the league feels about the quarterback class, but I don't know where Daniel Jones falls into that because I don't think a lot of people are high on Daniel Jones around the league. I think it's much more the Giants see this kid's work ethic and they see how he just busts his rear end every single day trying to improve himself and they want to give him a fair shot because I think it's fair to say that he hasn't really gotten a fair shake but what is the upside with Daniel Jones and that's something that we could plug in an entire different podcast but you want to if we had to pour one out for somebody Chris right now I think it's Patrick Graham dude (laughs) (laughs) you gotta pour one out for that poor guy dude Six games he has to face Justin Herbert Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes that is dreadful yeah, I don't think he saw that coming when he uh, decided to go out to Vegas. Like that, he gambled on that, and I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say it came up snake eyes because he's got some pieces to work with out there. But oof. <laughs> it's rough, man. It, it's rough. I mean, the AFC West just in general that is incredible. The AFC in general is just absolutely incredible. I mean, like right now, who do you have in the NFC that you look at from a quarterback standpoint and you say? oh, well, those guys are probably going to be the NFC Championship game, and it's Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Like I, uh, I'll still hold out for Kyler Murray. I like watching him yeah. play. He he is fun. He is a problem for teams. You know, the, the Cardinals, they just have to kind of put it all together and keep it all together for a whole season. Uh, same thing with the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have Prescott. a. Tr- yeah. I've got a tremendous amount of respect from De- for Dak Prescott, even going back to his Mississippi State days. Like I've always kind of been a fan of his. Yeah, I think that's a very fair take as well. They just haven't really gotten there yet, but they can definitely take that step in the progression. So now I believe, and I don't have it in front of me, Chris. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The Seattle Seahawks do they own the ninth pick in the draft? Is that correct? I believe so. They they're getting two first round picks. The Broncos, to my knowledge, only have one first round pick this year. So there's probably one this year and one next year. Yes. So they are going to have now the ninth pick and got to look. What's their quarterback room like? Geno Smith, Drew Locke. You probably want to upgrade. So I'm looking, man, and I don't know. And, and dude, it's not even certain that Malik Willis will be there for the Giants at five. Like anything can happen. Detroit can just throw an absolute curveball at everybody and go Malik Willis. We we just don't know. Do I think that's likely as of right now? It doesn't seem like a lot of people are saying that, but I wouldn't be overly shocked if that, that did happen. But let's say that it doesn't, and it's kind of chalk what we feel right here on March 8th. And the Giants are sitting there at five, Malik Willis is on the board. Seattle, 
to me now looks like this prime this prime trade partner if they really want to give away some of the picks that they just acquired to go up and get somebody that they value as a number one quarterback being more than likely Malik Willis. It, that That is a very interesting scenario because the Giants could trade back to nine, still keep two picks in the top 10, which is you know, fantastic to have potentially get some of these, some of this future compensation just in case they need to make a move up next year or, you know, just keep that ball rolling and keep getting multiple picks for as long as they can, you know, really go all in on building through the draft, which you know feels kind of like a Baltimore Ravens type move, honestly. It and does. then, sorry. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah, with these quarterbacks, I would say if there's one I would trade up for, it probably would be Malik Willis. I, I'm not sure if he goes to Detroit. I don't know how Willis feels about kneecaps, uh, whether or not he likes to, to include them in his diet or not. But, you know, for Seattle, with the weather they tend to have out there, open stadium, yeah, I don't super buy into the idea that Kenny Pickett's hands are a big problem. But, you know, with as rainy as it tends to be in Seattle, yeah. You know, I then I suppose I would prefer a quarterback with just, you know, some bit bigger mitts on him. Also Willis, he does fit into that run, run as often as you can mentality that Pete Carroll has. And, you know, of these quarterbacks, if I had to pick one that legitimately scared me to scheme against it's Willis. It, it is Willis dude. And you got to think too, cause this is a quarterback who, I feel like he makes some of the best throws you'll see on tape. And then sometimes he's a little off. He's going to, he might need a year to, to adjust to an offensive system, but he seems like a really bright kid. Everybody seemed to love him at the combine in terms of what he did in those individual meeting rooms with the teams, but having Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and now Noah Fant to throw the football to as a young quarterback will certainly help in a system that is probably at first, at least going to be more run oriented. So I, it's something that I saw, I think Bobby Skinner talking about, I think I saw the license plate guy uh, reference it and it got me thinking, I was like, that could be a possible, it's a new, it's a new thing we could talk about now as people who cover the New York giants. Cause the Denver Broncos, they were also somebody who could have possibly trade back. But now the fact that Seattle has so much capital because they pulled off this trade and that they're definitely going to be looking for a quarterback. Because a lot of people expected the Broncos to either get Aaron Rodgers or make a type of trade like this for a Russell Wilson type. Now they did. Now Seattle has all those picks. They might be willing to part with some of those picks and the Giants can get an extra, you know, two day two picks. I'll take that to move back a couple spots, you know. Yeah, get get one of those, get an, another second round pick because yeah, we have been talking that the, the the second day of this draft is going to be insane, hmm. just with the, the caliber of player who is going to be going off the board even through the end of the third round. If you can get two sec- two second round picks that this year, that would be great, and then maybe a a first round pick next year. So then then the Giants, you know, they they're looking really good as they go through this rebuild. And, you know, they, we don't know what the board is going to look like at five because, you know, one of the other pieces of news, Jacksonville Jaguars threw the, throw the franchise tag on Cam Robinson. Now, does that change whether or not Evan Neal or Iki Iguanu are going to be there at five for the Giants to potentially take? I'm personally not so sure. I, I'd love to hear what you say. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I think they could certainly still go tackle. I think Doug Peterson is going to want to go tackle because you don't the the tackle they have on the right side right now, the kid they drafted out of Florida a couple years ago, Juwan Taylor, I believe his name is. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. He has been a liability. At least he definitely was in 2020 because I think it was like him and Andrew Thomas that had the most pressures allowed in the league. I think he stabilized a little bit in 2021, but I'm not completely certain because I haven't grinded through Jacksonville's film. And then in terms of Cam Robinson, this is just one more year that you have him. Are you going to sign him long-term? He's kind of been a little bit up and down. I remember coming out of Alabama, a lot of people said he's probably going to have to be a guard. I didn't think necessarily that. I thought he could survive at tackle, whereas I thought like Alex Leatherwood had to be a guard because I just didn't, I just never really saw it with Leatherwood if we're just talking about Alabama tackles, but that's neither here nor there. But I think there is a realistic argument that can be made for Aiden Hutchinson being the selection because he is a consummate professional who is going to give 110% work ethic, the quote unquote locker room guy. And a lot of people don't like hearing that, but he has all of those traits, but at the same time, he's a great football player on the field. Like that's not all that he is. He just brings those intangibles with him. And I think he could be an excellent face of the franchise for Jacksonville, uh, somebody who struggles to, you know, kind of sell out stadiums. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> unfortunate. I think Aiden Hutchinson could help that. At the end of the day, though, if I'm making decisions, I need to be secure in my ability to protect the quarterback. So I think they should probably go tackle, but I do think there's a, it, it gets more interesting now that they picked up Cam Robinson's franchise tag. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I could see this going either way. Like you say, Aiden Hutchinson is one hell of a ball player. He's a great edge rusher, and he is—he seems to be a great guy. Fantastic work ethic. Yeah, I've heard him called the the, lo- the long lost Watt brother, and you know I can definitely see that with how he approaches the game, how he gets after it on the field, and yeah, I I wouldn't blame any team that wants to add that to their roster to their locker room. But also, Doug Peterson is an offensive guy, and he is an Andy Reid guy. And look at all those offensive linemen. Andy Reid drafts early. You know, he loves to get the big guys up front first thing. And when you have an offensive line you are not too sure about, is picking up your left tackle, who has been, as you said, up and down for one year, going to deter you? Especially when the top two guys can play right tackle or left tackle. They can play all over that line if they need to. So I'm still kind of expecting Jacksonville to go offensive tackle at the top of the draft, especially with Trevor Lawrence. You need to protect him. They're going to be getting Travis Etienne back from injury. So they're, they're probably going to be running the ball a little bit more. So to me, it, it just kind of makes sense to keep, to expect one of those tackles to go top of the draft. That's what I'm thinking as well. And then that kind of begs the question. Detroit probably won't go tackle. They just took one last year in Penne Sewell. They still have the kid that they drafted out of Ohio State a few years ago, Decker, uh, on their roster as well. Then you think of three with the Texans. They can go anywhere. I can see them going defense. I can see them going to Kayvon Thibodeau. I can see them going to Trayvon Walker. I could see them going to Aiden Hutchinson if he's there. You got to think Lovey Smith, Nick Casario. Those are the two those are the two people we're going to be selecting players to build their defense with. Casario comes from New England. Very, very long-armed individuals. And you have Lovey Smith. There's a lot of, you know, four down fronts, defensive end kind of guys who are going to be long and powerful and physical. And I think all three of those guys can fit into that, but specifically probably Thibodeau and Trayvon Walker. And then for the Jets, 
They can go offensive line. They can go edge rusher. So I just think the Giants sitting here at five right now, they're in a very good position to where if they trade back, they can probably get really, really good value. If they sit tight, they're going to get a good football player. And it, even if they and they still have the seventh pick right after that, like that's one thing that I think we shouldn't overlook is the fact that they were able to still get that seventh pick from the trade back last year. It sucks. I know. Passing on Micah Parsons, it kills. Passing on Rashawn Slater, it really kills. But now that that's already happened, we have to hope that they maximize this seventh pick, whether that's a trade back or at least getting the best player available at that spot. Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe the Giants could wheel and deal with both picks. Yeah, trade both of them back. Maybe wow. reduce that rookie salary pool because you know. Uh, Right now, the Giants are looking at the second most expensive rookie class in the NFL, and they've got a lot of salary cap to, sh- to shed. You know, and then you have to pay twelve, twelve and a half million dollars to your rookies. You know, maybe they could move back with both of those picks. This is such, you know, this is the kind of draft class where that you're not really giving up giving up a whole hell of a lot to go back from seven to maybe fifteen. Or some, you know, somewhere in the, in that range, you could still get a really good player. Hell, maybe even some of the same players you were looking at in the top ten. Just this is a really I, I I've been calling it a two taste draft class where I think draft boards are going to vary wildly from team to team because you just kind of grade guys to taste based on your own needs, your own schemes. Because there's so many guys who are just so good. This is. Yeah, this was a ridiculously athletic defensive front class, you know, front seven class, ridiculously athletic wide receiver class, ridiculously athletic offensive line class. Yeah, there are teams could value guys wildly differently and nobody be wrong. No, no one would be wrong. And I think we're going to see that too with how like media pundits like us value some of these guys and where they go in the draft. It's just going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a more unpredictable draft than what we're used to seeing, especially once we get past those top like five to six picks or something like that. But Chris, before I let you go, anything on the Aaron Rodgers signing? Just think about today, man. You had Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers. And then you have this big trade. It's been a pretty wild day. Yeah, I've got to wonder if... Uh... Rogers confirming that he is staying in Green Bay kind of set off the the trade with Seattle and Denver because it really looked like Rogers, if he went anywhere, was going to go to Denver. So maybe Denver got the news that Rogers is staying put. He's staying the, as we said before, basically the road to the NFC championship is going to go through Green Bay or now Los Angeles. And that kind of said, okay, we're not going to get Rodgers. We'll go get Russell Wilson. We'll let Russ cook up here in mile high. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about it too. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett obviously has a really close relationship with Aaron Rodgers being the offensive coordinator from Green Bay. Now the head coach in Denver did not happen. He gets Russell Wilson. I think everybody is happy. So that's going to be it for Falado on football joined by the great Chris Flum. Hey, everybody, please head on over to Big Blue View. Check out all the work that Chris, myself, Ed Valentine, and a bunch of other great people are doing over there, constantly grinding the draft and talking about the New York football giants. So as for myself, as for Chris, everybody, please be safe. Take care of one another. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.